Pour yourself a bowl of Ralston 1989 Batman cereal. It's Saturday Morning Crunch. We review the Saturday morning cartoons as nominated by you. I'm your host, Kyle Von Kubik. And what's the deal with Ralston, man? Like, they did every sort of novelty cereal for these cartoons. They, they had it on lock. And when I, when I did some research, I realized they're the Purina Dog Food Company. So, gross. Who else is on the line? Uh, I'm John, uh, and I'm going to point out to you yeah. that it the reason they were able to do it is because they were just putting generic cereal in boxes with symbols <laughs> on them. <laughs> they had the nuggets, and they're just like, <laughs> I don't know, change the marshmallow shape. I'm pretty sure that between the three of us, okay, especially yeah. considering the two of you, mm. that uh, <laughs> we could make a fucking Superman cereal in the morning if we just got like five boxes of fucking cornflakes, took the sock out of the box, and put the cereal in a new Superman box. Perhaps. We'll be down the market selling it, getting DMCAs. <laughs> Who else is joining us on this uh, bespoke cereal adventure? Hey, guys, it's Peter Graphic. Whoa, it's Pete. Hey, Pete, what are you doing here? You know, I, I just hang out in the background of each episode, and then whenever it's something interesting, I, I chime in. Well, it definitely is interesting this episode because we're talking Batman, the animated series, specifically season one, episode 14, Heart of Ice. Batman, the animated series ran from September 5th, 1992 to September 15th, 1995, and then it went over to the new adventures of Batman and Robin. This series ran a total of two seasons with a total of 85 episodes. It was put out by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation. The genre is, of course, because we're talking Batman, superhero action adventure. Okay, well, uh, the series obviously came along in the wake of the 89 Burton film. Yes. Uh, but it came out shortly after Batman Returns had. Uh, that came out in the summer of 92. Mm-hmm. Which is it was just why it was such a hit because it was a Christmas film. I love Batman Returns. Like it's one of my favorite, like probably one of my favorite films in general. To be honest with you, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I love the look of it. It's got like there's no modern superhero movie with a villain as fun as uh, Christopher Walken in Batman Returns. <laughs> like <laughs> just a pure greedy scumbag. No, I really enjoy that film uh, and this show came out shortly after it obviously as i said previously and it was just a smash hit right i don't remember anybody disliking it everybody in school was watching it and it felt so genuine that's mm. like the thing like i remember you'd watch say like the robocop cartoon and you're like this isn't like robocop i'm not disturbed you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one's getting blown up to bits yeah i don't feel like I, I don't feel sad for anybody this felt like real batman you know Mm. like it felt like the movies but also like the comics of the time like it was hugely influential i don't think we would have gotten gargoyles or spawn without it uh spawn the the height of 90s edginess yeah for better or worse mostly worse <laughs> yeah it had a profound influence on um like batman as well like where uh, there was characters that uh appeared in the cartoon first yeah, uh, like Harley Quinn, obviously is the most famous example of it. We're going to talk about Mister Freeze today. He was reinvented in that show uh, by this episode, essentially. Yeah, like it brought a lot of kind of iconic creators to Batman, like uh, Deanie and Bruce Tim, who's uh, Bruce Tim's art style is um, you don't mistake it for anybody else's art. Plenty sure. of people have tried to rip it off, but it's his. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like, I mean, I don't really know what to say about it because, like, everybody knows it. 
And I mean, mm-hmm. I hate cartoons, <laughs> and I love it. Batman the Animated Series is one of the most defining moments for the character, and a benchmark for keeping him relevant after those uh, Tim Burton films. Uh, there was such yeah. such huge hype uh, in Batmania during that time. I, I I personally ate a lot of that dog food cereal, and I <laughs> and I kept that bank. I I was all in. Not only is that series important because of introduced Harley, like you said, but it changed the way that we hear Batman and the Joker for years. Yeah. You know, Mark Hamill as the Joker is one of, if not the best version of the Joker. I would say he is the best version of the Joker. Yeah, I would say he's the best. Yeah, if not my favorite. Batman the Animated Series has had numerous toy lines featuring costumes that would never be in the series, like Turbo Jet Batman or Infrared Batman, uh, you know, Tiger Stripe Batman. But it also spawned its own comic book tie-in, video games based on the show, and essentially created that DC animated universe that spawned the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and even Batman Beyond. That animated style design is still used as downloadable costumes in modern Batman games and even has new modern toy lines that are make they make now featuring that style. There was a Superman cartoon as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, that's right. Superman the animated series too. And of course Kyle Kyle's favorite uh, Freakazoid. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, you don't like Freakazoid? I love Freakazoid. We'll save that for another episode, Pete. <laughs> oh, good. I'll check that one out. Eat, Lofi. Eat. We'll be right back. Animation. The Hot-Blooded Challenger Club podcasts are a proud affiliate of Animation Legends. Head on over to AnimationLegends.com and scope the large assortment of animation cells they're offering. Own a piece of animation history. For just $25, you can get five different cells from some of your favorite animated shows. Shows like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Vampire Hunter D, Captain N, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Wars Ewoks, and many other. And you can pay even less with our special promo code RINGS at checkout. That's R-I-N-G-S. Go to AnimationLegends.com or click the link in this show's description and tell them that the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club sent you with our promo code RINGS. Oh, hey there, listener. I didn't see you come in. Well, since you're here, let me personally thank you for listening to this program. If you'd like to show your support a little bit further, check out the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club. That's hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can become a member for as little as a dollar a month. And with that dollar, you get access, early access, to premium episodes of this very podcast. What's a premium episode? Additional content that's cut just for club members. You could be listening to that instead of this advertisement right now. And hey, don't have the buck, but want to support the show? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast catcher of choice. Honestly, it it goes so far to help our algorithm, so one day you could hear me advertising for uh, comfortable underoos, or a really good mattress, or yet another subscription box. But regardless, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get back to the show. Shake, though. Shake. Now back to our show. Yeah, I remember watching a documentary about Batman Forever, and they were like, oh, these Burger King cups. And I was like, God, fucking want those. And I'm 25. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are back. Don't miss the awesome conversation we have just for club members. Join our Patreon. Go to hotbloodedchallenger.club. Sign up for as little as a dollar a month. And you get longer episodes with exclusive content. And at this point now, you're getting them months earlier. 
than you would be if you're listening on the free feed. That's hotbloodedchallenger.club. We're talking Batman the Animated Series. It was a smash hit. And while it was a part of that 89 Batman and Batman Returns rollout, it was different from that. And while it was earnest in its delivery and it was closer to what people might expect from the comic book, it was also its own thing. And uh, at the time, I wasn't a comic book reader, uh, but I was very familiar with Batman, particularly Batman 66, uh, which in the late 80s and early 90s, not the best representation of where Batman was at at the time, but I watched it a lot on WPIX. So when this Batman cartoon came out, (laughs) I was all in, all in on this cartoon. And it was in syndication for many, many years. So well into, I'd say, my early teens, if I saw it on, I'd probably finished the episode if i saw it starting there was just it, it could get your its hooks into me very easily especially these first two seasons once we get into the batman and robin i kind of fell off but i love this show growing up as well as like i said into my teen years it just it was very mature in its delivery too so i think that you could enjoy it as a child and into those preteen years where you know you start to be like i like girls and cartoons are stupid <laughs> You know, how about you, gentlemen? Yeah, I I watched uh, the show like religiously mm-hmm. uh, as a child. I remember it used to be on RT two on Wednesdays at half five. Was, I know. Was, anytime you oh. bring up Irish channels, I'm like, oh, that's why I shouldn't bring up WPIX. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's so regional. Yeah. To be fair, okay. RTE is a national station. Okay, all right. WPX, as I understand, broadcasts like what, like within like what? six streets or something. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> like you know, oh yeah, this channel broadcasts exclusively between these two Burger Kings. <laughs> but um, yeah, like uh, it was always on that channel at that time, and mm-hmm. like there was a whole like uh, kids block of programming. Sure. Um, Every day until six o'clock, because that's when typically people want to switch over and watch the news so they could hear about whatever atrocity had been committed that day up north. Because it was the nineties, right. that's what we get nostalgic for now, I guess. But um, the uh, yeah, the, I remember in the winter time it gets dark here around half four, maybe five o'clock. So yeah. by five o'clock it was plenty dark. So I used to always insist on turning the lights out so I could watch that show because it was so dark. That's awesome. Mm. Like not dark thematically but dark aesthetically i guess right yeah you're doing it right uh, it was uh yeah it was just it was great and like years later then uh when it trickled out on dvd i would pick up each release when like you'd get you go to the shop and be like here's three episodes that was and they were clearly marketing it towards like children as well you know like current children not like children that i was in the in the nineties, but uh, then eventually got the the DVD boxes, and I watched uh, Hard Vice this week uh, mm. from the the big red Blu-ray box set that they released a few years ago. That unfortunately has a dud version of Mask of the Phantasm in it. Oh, oh, it doesn't play. It doesn't play at all. Oh, I hate like I have a couple box sets where that's the case. I uh, Sam and Max, the animated series. There's an episode that doesn't play. And Clerks, the animated series as well, famously one of the discs doesn't work either. It's a bummer. And, and this is why, <laughs> this is why I hate physical media. It should all be yeah. It's st- the worst. <laughs> should all I want to pay for licensing to watch things that could be ripped away from me at, at any, any moment. moment. That's fine with That's me. That's the best. <laughs> you can't so. lose them. They don't get damaged. 
Pete, what about your personal history with this show? Were you a fan? A hundred percent same as John. I remember hearing the theme song in my head on the bus on the way home from school, anticipating oh, watching this. Like I was so hyped up. And as soon as I got off the bus, I would bolt for the TV and my mom would put it on with a snack. I loved this show. I also remember at a time, and maybe you do too, that Fox mm-hmm. tried it out at like 8 p.m. weekdays yep. to try to get like adults to watch that. And yeah. I was all in on that too. And I would be like, hey, dad, you got to watch this version of Batman. You're not going to believe it. And he was like, all right, I guess so. And, you know, I can't remember what the episode was, but he was like, wow, that was incredible. You know, it's just like, oh, wow, my parents like this, too. Like, everybody likes this. I can remember being into it when it was the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Yeah. But like we were saying before, that style was just kind of a a turnoff. But that's a whole different conversation. That's a conversation for another episode. Yeah, that's like a whole nother thing. I also, too, own the series on DVD. I never upgraded to Blu-ray, but -hmm. I watched the episode on HBO Max. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. I watched it on the original box set DVD, not Blu-ray. Yeah. The Blu-ray is a, if you're into buying Blu-rays like I am, it's very much worth uh, getting because they did an amazing job restoring it. It's a, And I think a lot of it was animated using film, and film is the thing that best translates to um, HD. I remember buying those DVDs where they like suckered you into getting, you know, one or two episodes. <laughs> Yes. Before the box sets came out, and I got them like a chump. Uh, nothing beats this chump right here spending $80 on a VHS to get the first two episodes of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I paid $80 for 44 minutes of animation. I am an asshole. It was, it was Japanese, though, Kyle. Oh, know? my God. I f- fell right into that whole high-tech Japanese animation 90s bubble. Ugh. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the plot. For this particular episode. Uh, well, the, the majority of the plot mainly concerns Mr. Freeze, which I'm sure he has to deal with a lot, you know, when he's like applying for stuff. He's like, no, it is my real name. It's not just a gimmick. Uh, you know, um, I, I get it all the time. But um, the way they set that, that that up in this episode was brilliant, where, you know, Batman is meeting Mr. Freeze for the first time. Uh, and trying to break up his heist. And he says to Mr. Freeze, freeze! And he goes, that's Mr. Freeze. I, I was like, <laughs> "Like, it's is it cornball? Kind of. Oh, but great. it just, it works so well. Shouldn't he be Dr. Freeze? I guess so, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Maybe. He's a scientist. Yeah, he could be Dr. Freeze. Doesn't it's just sound not as cool. good, though. No, it's not as good. Yeah. And then Batman's like, is that really your last name? He's like, yes, let me explain. I got my doctorate <laughs> in women's studies. I've got my doctorate <laughs> in cryogenics from Gotham University. He's like, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm a practicing gynecologist in need of more practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Freeze is stealing stuff from, uh, what's the name of the company? Oh, it's the, it's, Goth I don't know, it's the, peop- Goth- it's the Goth- people's company. Gothcorp. Oh, yeah, Gothcorp. Gothcorp. He's stealing stuff from Gothcorp so he can build a weapon to punish the city mm-hmm. uh, because his wife got iced, <laughs> for lack of a better word, by a disease. <laughs> right. And he, he, he stuck her in a cryogenic... And I'm not sure, in this episode, is his, is his wife done? Like, is, is she, like, is she gone now? In like, this, he's, he's just out for revenge, or can he save her in the future? 
Now, see, it's my understanding in this particular episode, and I'll, Pete, you can go after me, but like mm. in this particular episode, just going off of this story, it seems like she does die, but I do know that in later episodes, she's back in a tube. Uh, I thought her whereabouts were unknown. I don't think they really defined whether she was dead or not. Yeah. You know, you know what I hate? And I know we're we're kind of meandering all over the place because we love this goddamn series. But what I really hate hated later on was they took this away from Mr. Freeze and he was just obsessed with a woman like it wasn't his wife. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of sucks. I, I think that ruins the character is that he's just this crazy person, you know, it's- like there was a, 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 a <laughs> did he develop a gun that freezes every part of a woman but her feet? so he can just look at them Uh, is that the one where he's like that's also where he's like a spider head right where he can like hop on different yeah Yeah. no thanks Yeah. what I think works in this particular episode and why I enjoy the story so much is one of my favorite films is Joel Schumacher's Falling Down not for the reasons (laughs) everybody likes it today or a large group of you know, vocal people like it today. No, I like it because um, Defense, the character in that movie, is the anti-hero. And what you're supposed to learn from that film is that, like, you can't think injustice is a means to justice, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And that's very much like the character of Mr. Freeze. It's, it, you know, it's not just a dude's having a bad day. It's a dude who's snapped and is like so single-mindedly focused that he, he at least in the, the episode, becomes a cold-hearted killing machine. Yeah, he's uh, like one woman paid him attention like years ago. <laughs> wow. He, he never got over it. And, uh, like he... Likely the story for defense as well in Falling Down. Yeah, like he just won't take death for an answer from Nora. Right. She's like, I, I she dies to get away from him. Maybe, yeah, like, maybe she was just like, I'm not feeling well. We, I can't see you anymore. And there was nothing yeah. wrong I with her at all. I must put you in this tube. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, please. I was, I was just teasing you. <laughs> and, um, it's about him uh, getting over her leaving him mm-hmm. by leaving the... Uh, the mortal world and i had in my notes here it's like an the way his character is it's almost like an edgy remake of the simpsons where millhouse's parents get divorced (laughs) and i have the the line here i can only borrow feelings batman for my frozen heart contains none of my own and uh i was quite happy with that that could be a robot chicken sketch I really do love the fact that I'm going to bring it back to talking about the plot seriously. Uh, I like the <laughs> fact that throughout the entire episode, he is very like cold. The The delivery of his lines is very cold and, and mechanical. But then there's that touch at the very end where he's holding the snow globe thinking about Nora and crying. So for as much as he wants to present that his humanity has died, it clearly hasn't. And I think that's what makes him an interesting character instead of him being a robotic spider. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So Batman's on the trail of crimes happening at Gothcore Labs caused by a mysterious man using a freeze gun. After getting a chilly introduction to the villain Mr. Freeze, like you said. With oh, that, I get it. That great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I couldn't wait to say that. Uh, Batman determines it's a crime of passion and revenge from a cryogenesis named Victor Freeze, 
Victor Freeze blames his old boss, Industrious Ferris Boyle, for cutting the funding to cure his cryo-frozen wife of a deadly disease, but also for permanently causing him to always be in a sub-zero environment. Freeze uses these stolen parts that he got to put Boyle on ice permanently with a giant freeze ray at that humanitarian gala, and Batman saves the day being super clever, or was it really Alfred that saved the day? Mmm... Yeah, because of the chicken noodle soup. Spoilers! Yes. Beats him over the head with a flask full of hot soup. <laughs> I, I love that part when he does it, and then that is it Summer Gleason? She's like, what yes. was that? And he's like, the cure for the common cold. And she's like, no, but seriously, how did you stop him? <laughs> Campbell's. Yeah, he's like, the special liquid. She's like, no, what was did that? Did you not see? <laughs> I just beat the shit out of him. That's how I take care of everything. He's like, look, it's a mug, okay? It's a regular thermos. That soup in it, all right? This is how I'll always remember you. Surrounded by winter, forever young, forever beautiful. Rest well, my love. The monster who took you from me will soon learn that revenge is a dish best served cold. What I always loved about this cartoon was Batman always did detective work. Mm -hmm. And that often is absent from the films. Yes, even those Nolan movies that everyone loves, uh, there's not a lot of real detective work happening. Shooting bullets into cement is not detective work, I promise you. But like he's always, you know lurking in the shadows, hacking into people's computers, looking at clues. It was a big part of these seasons of this show, and it's a part of the character that is often lost because it's just easier to show him beating the shit out of someone. And I really dug it, and I also like the arc that he has with Boyle, who's clearly a friend or, or some sort of uh, acquaintance of Bruce Wayne because they're you know, captains of industry in Gotham. And he not only defeats the bad guy, but he also exposes the other bad guy in Boyle. The writing is just so strong. It's like everything about this show is strong. The writing is super strong. And the art direction, as we've touched on, its own thing. I would say that I think uh, Bruce Timm's work probably was most influenced for this by... Max Fleischer's Superman. It's not exactly that, but it's pretty darn close with a uh, modern flair about it. Yeah, there's that like 50s kind of pulp art as well. Yeah. Kind of look to it. And that was the thing I always liked about the show. It had that kind of like 1950s kind of film noir aesthetic to it as well. Yeah, but they had computers and the computers were like designed in that art deco aesthetic which is very cool. Which is kind of based on like the look of the 89 film as well. Mm. Like, there, was, there was a lot of that kind of mishmash. Uh, that film took its cues from uh, Streets of Fire. Okay. Have you ever seen that? No. No. Uh, Streets, of Fire, Streets of Fire is a really interesting film because it was made by Walter Hill uh, after he made The Warriors. Okay. And it was a really big influence on Final Fight. Oh, really? Yeah, because the lead character, is his name is Cody, and he basically is the character from Final Voice. I'm going to totally watch this now. I didn't know anything yeah. about that. Yeah, And uh, it's weird, though. Like, it's a musical as well. Um, uh, what? Of Fire is. I'm totally not going to watch this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the guy who wrote all of the music with Meatloaf? Steinway, I think his name is? Meatloaf doesn't write his own music? Oh, he has a writing partner. Uh-huh. I just know he gets upset about art supplies. <laughs> well, this guy got together with Meatloaf, or not with Meatloaf, with Walter Hill, and they made this movie that's kind of a musical. 
uh, but it's got that weird mix of like 50s american architecture with neon sci-fi oh cool like All right. to it as well and that was a big influence on batman in 89 like that was the the look they were going for um i would totally recommend anybody go seek out streets of fire because one of the great screen joker performances in there uh, is uh, but it's unofficial because uh, willem dafoe plays the leader of uh, like a a gang i guess mm-hmm. and uh he plays it maniacally uh, in a way that is very joker like i know this is so uh, like nerdy to say but like god damn i would love to see william defoe play the joker in in a film yeah he would have been really good he would have been i know he was the green goblin and he was good in that but who was uh, let the man play joker john lithgow was like in the running to be the joker and i think in the 89 batman oh yeah i remember hearing yeah. that yeah yeah, that, that would have been, been an interesting too. pick. Yeah. yeah, he would have been interesting. Uh, Jack Nicholson did a job. <laughs> Look, I, I like Batman '89, you know, but it's not it's not a Batman movie. It's really a Joker movie, and like that's okay, you know, that's, that's okay. Tim, you know, that's Tim Burton. Like, yeah. you know, he's he's not going to do a Batman movie. He wants to do his you know goth monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a discussion for another episode. Tim Burton doesn't like comic books either. No, he doesn't. No, Tim, Bur- Tim Burton doesn't like a lot. He likes Johnny Depp, though. Oh, but you ever seen The Death of Superman Lives? I did. That That's a great documentary. No, I want to see it because the two of you have discussed it at length, and it's very interesting to me. That's with Nick Cage playing Superman, correct? Right. Yes. But yeah, that's an interesting one because I actually think Nick Cage's uh, Clark Kent was going to be kind of interesting. Mm. Like, he was going to play him as kind of a, like a bumbling kind of Clark Kent yeah. in a way that didn't exist before. Um, completely off topic, but the film looked like it was going to be absolute dog shit. <laughs> it looked like it was going to be bananas. I, I was, I was all in. I couldn't wait for that movie. Here's the thing: I think that film would have been an absolute smash hit, but I think it would be a film that, like, your nostalgia critics would have been making fun of for years online. What were they thinking? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we got Wild Wild West. A instead. Superman credit card. Diarrhea dumps all over my waffles. all right so the art direction in this show is top notch pete what do you think of course you agree with that statement (laughs) like we're just agreeing with each other all episode yeah i know we all love this show it it, of course it reminds me of the old fleischer supermans uh but if i mean i don't know if you guys remember these but the old batman newspaper strips were like a quick clever to the point like four or five panel ending and a lot of those stories relied on batman like escaping as a superpower Mm -hmm. like the whole thing was him getting out of a straitjacket and it was like holy shit so in this show there's a few of that instances where it's like he's trapped upside down in ice how's he gonna get out of this how's he gonna and it's just his skills where which is like impressive you know and that's cool the the, of course the art deco tone is just timeless those monitors the black and white you know news reporting it's just awesome and the backgrounds are like a living painting it, I can't get enough of this show. The background paintings, as far as I understand it, was they they were all done on black paper, so that way the colors really popped for, and that it also would give this simultaneous feeling of being dark but also bright with the colors that they chose on top of that uh, black paper. But yeah, they are there's something else. It's beautiful. 
Just the whole uh, cinematography and the staging chosen is wonderful. This is a cartoon show. It's got a budget. During the episode, I saw little dips where, okay, the animation wasn't so great. Like when Mr. Freeze is freezing the building and the walls of ice are coming through, it's very limited animation to the point where it almost (laughs) looks like filmation. But there's this other choice where they didn't have to do this. When they're in a cold environment, the characters are speaking and you see the uh, fog coming from their mouth because they're in a cold area. Like there was a level of care there. And then Pete, you you told me about something in regard to adding an effect and going over budget for this particular episode. Yeah, apparently they had to add the frost to his dome after the fact. It was very time consuming and expensive. And they were like, no, do it anyway. And his frost on that dome of his is just the coolest. No pun intended there. Oh, it was time, it was a time consuming process apparently to make yeah. him look frosted. It's it just the amount of work and detail in this whole series is just it blows me away because it didn't have to be this good, <laughs> you know. Right. Like it was meant for Saturday morning fair for kids. It didn't have to be good where my parents would want to watch it. You get what I'm saying? Like they were all in on it. What I will say is we watched the Ghostbusters Christmas special and there are some awesome shots in that cartoon. Just weird choices. Again, knocking the lamp where they're like showing a character reflecting in Egon's glasses. You know, the, the French were really having a good time making that cartoon. But consistently, I don't think you get that. Whereas even though there are some noticeable dips in animation or budget with this particular episode, overall, the consistency is much higher because it's it's always at a higher level than other things. Like you might watch an episode of Captain N and hey, that was a cool shot. But then the next scene, Captain N is barely moving his arm, mm-hmm. you know, because that particular scene was like, all right, well, just rush this out. You know, you only got a little nugget here, a little nug- nugget there of great animation, whereas this consistently just holds for the entire episode where the dips are the exception. I also detected a lot of notes of Fritz Lang's Metropolis, especially during that scene when he's trying to thaw out that that thug. Yeah, definitely. I I see that. Again, that's futurism with that art deco. Exactly. Yeah, totally. A lot of the effects, too, going back to the Fleischer cartoons, with the shooting of the ray gun and the bubbling and things like that, like, they would do those effects in the Fleischer cartoons where there'd be a mad scientist and he's got some crazy contraption or something and there'd be these bolts of electricity coming out of it and things. It Again, consistently beautiful throughout. And why not just have another element that makes this show solid all around. Kevin Conroy's got to be everyone's favorite Batman on the line, right? Of course. Yeah, I think everybody, when they read the comics, that's the voice they hear. Yeah, I hear Kevin Conroy in my head when I'm reading the comics, and it always, like, takes me out of it when it's not him. You know, if it's one of those, <laughs> <laughs> when it's one of those newer Batman animated movies or... You know, a game that doesn't feature him. I'm always like, oh, it's not Kevin Conroy. Diedrich Bader is a close second. I just got to get that out there. Oh, <laughs> Diedrich he's, Bader you know is a close he's, second for Batman for me. But you yes, know what? Kevin he's Conroy. really great. And so is Will Arnett. Yes. He, those are really good, too. Will Arnett is a very good particular Batman. Right. But that's the same with Diedrich Bader. Like, the, his Batman was framed in a very specific way. Yeah. Uh, same with the Lego Batman mm-hmm. whereas there is a versatility to what Kevin Conroy does he could apply it in he, there is some humor in those like cartoons as well it's not all gloomy darkness yeah you know he could add lightness to Bruce's voice and he's very he's just an all around great voice actor you know yeah there's some YouTube clips and you could find it somewhere on the internet where it's Kevin Conroy reading the iconic lines from the Batman movies by 
like Christian Bale mm. or Val Kilmer. It's very cool. I can't imagine him doing a better, where are they? <laughs> it's the where are they trilogy. <laughs> the first one's the first one is where's the drugs? The second one is where's the Joker? And then the third one is where's the trigger? It's the where's the trilogy. <laughs> I, I can't think of a cartoon that actually, Kevin Conroy aside, who's fantastic, but I can't think of a cartoon uh, aside from the series that like top to bottom just had such good voice actors who really like brought these characters into their own. I mean, come on, man. We watch Shira. What's your problem? <laughs> he he's on cameo, and one of these days, I'm gonna just spend the two hundred something dollars for him to say happy birthday to me. Uh, like, I think music wise and voice acting wise, like the cast overall, as you said, it's it's a pretty sublime choice of actors. Like, yeah, it, she's not in this, but like Adrian Barboa's Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great choice. Yeah, but like the music, I think the theme of Batman, the animated series, like the one that Danny Elfman put together. Yeah for the show i think that's probably his best batman theme i would agree only because like just playing this last night to watch it again and hearing that theme i was like man i just remember the feeling i would get when i would hear this theme song and the opening cinematic coupled with that music like the music is its own character in this show it's it's so earnest and mature in its delivery and I kind of felt bad because I showed it to a five-year-old and I was like, this is a little too violent for what I'm comfortable with showing it to him. But he was captivated by it. I think it's a lot in the delivery audio-wise. Like, I, it's so cinematic, the the music and the the, the opening theme and the interstitials. It's got, just got a, such a strong vibe. I totally agree. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up on Batman the Animated Series. I love it. I, I think it's great. This particular episode is probably the best episode in the first season if not the best then one of the best but I, I would say just in regard to redefining a character who is kind of a goofball I forgot to mention this when we were talking art direction but at a certain point when Mr. Freeze kind of locks in his gang of thugs they all start wearing costuming that looks very similar to Captain Cold and like in the 60s Captain Cold and Mr. Freeze were pretty much the same thing. They were just like weirdos with freeze guns. Where this really developed that character and influenced that character's trajectory for uh, the foreseeable future. Definitely today, it's like the same guy. I mean, the other things have changed over the years about being a robot, spider, and head in a jar and that type of thing. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Like this kind of redefined everything moving forward. And while other Batman things would come out and be more grim dark, or you know, with and hey, I love these games, but the whole like Arkham Asylum aesthetic and everything else. But look, look who they went back to for uh, mm-hmm. you know voice cast. They went back to this show. Why? Because it the the show like I think this show has done more for Batman. I think these two seasons of this animated show did more for Batman than any other, aside from the comic book, any other television or film that happened before or after. Well, I mean, to go back to what you were saying there about the characters in the show, mm-hmm. um, I, I, this is an opinion of mine. It's just my opinion, okay? But I don't think in any other medium they've ever really gotten Harley Quinn right because they try to over-sexualize that character constantly. Yeah. A lot of people who watch that show who grew up and went, hey, you know what would be pretty rad? If this girl I'm into dressed up like her. (laughs) And um, that's a whole thing. But now, like every time that character is depicted, she looks like a sex worker in a Marilyn Manson video. (laughs) (laughs) 
Pete, did we talk it, about it on on an episode, or do we say privately about the again going back to our complaints with cosplayers at convention? It's like, oh yeah, there goes another daddy's little monster. Little monster. Oh, and another yeah, one. The hot pants. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree like, with you, John. I agree with you. Yeah, too. It's just, I think I think ever since then somebody got the horn for back in the nineties. All right. And then, like, the whole world missed the point of that character. She's supposed to be a f- funny character, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, that's the great thing about, um, to go back to the voice acting, is what Mark Hamill does so well, is that he lends both humor and menace to the Joker. Yeah, he's, he's very good with, the, I mean, I know we're talking about Harley Quinn right now, but the way that he delivers his lines with that gravelly growl yeah you know it was so nobody had done it like that you know prior like my favorite harley quinn moment and there'll never be a moment to top this i don't think is there's there's an episode where her and the joker are going to kill somebody and they're going to lower him into a vat of um lava or something Mm -hmm. so they like the whole episode recreates spock's funeral from uh, Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Watch Harley plays Amazing Grace on a kazoo <laughs> as he's being lowered in. <laughs> so the thing, it's so funny. Yeah. And like that's what I liked about that character was that, you know, like her and him, they were both funny together. But again, ever since then, it's just been like, oh yeah, but what? She fucked all the time. <laughs> like, right. And, right. And, and that's the character to a lot of people because they just want to fuck that character. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disputing it. I did watch the recent uh, Suicide Squad movie. I was just going to say. And yeah. I will s- say, uh, I like uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, but she's pigeon-held to the costuming of that those films because that's where the character's at. But I, I think particularly with that new Suicide Squad movie, the humor returns a little bit to that yeah. character. The sex- over-sexualization is still there and it's like unavoidable because that's where the character, that's what the character has become. I don't think we're ever going to go back to the onesie Harlequin costume. In Suicide Squad, they evoke that with her like intro costume. Like her, she's got leather jacket and leather pants with the diamonds on it. You know, she's like covered up for the most part. And then she's in that dress. But that in Birds of Prey, they do. I think they do right by her in Birds of Prey. There is humor to the character. But I do agree with John where it's it's daddy's little monster hot pants. You know, Eh, it is what it is. Well, John, what are your final thoughts for Batman, the animated series? I mean, what is there to say about Batman, the animated series? It fucking rocks. (laughs) But um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's one of those things like her. There's very few properties mm-hmm. from my childhood that I still hold in the same kind of reverence as Batman the Animated Series. Like, it was a special show then, and it's a special show now. And I think you can show it to anybody from any time period, and they'll they'll connect to it just because it's so unique. Yeah. You know? It's like, I think Batman the Animated Series is the animated answer to what Twin Peaks was doing on television right around the same time. Oh, yeah. I think they were elevating the medium for its decade. And uh, like, you go back and watch Twin Peaks, it's very televisual, mm-hmm. but it is not settling for the lowest common denominator of what tele- television could be, mm. which is what made Twin Peaks Series 2 so terrible, was that it just became another shitty 90s television show. Batman the Animated Series could have they could have made money by making something that was less than but they didn't they put the effort in right and um like it turns out when you hire people who care about what they're making they make good stuff a lot of time yeah i'm i love this show so much and i love the character just so much it may be the best episode in the series for my money and i get choked up watching that ending and totally sympathize when uh freeze replies to batman asking him if it's worth killing for and he Mm. says think of it batman to never walk 
on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh yes, I'd kill for that. I just, it's like, it's, it's so good. It's The writing is so good. I could have swore that uh, Mr. Freeze said, and a warm foot to hold, but sorry. <laughs> and some toes. Have you heard about the vajankle, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> and some beautifully manicured feet. <laughs> Batman's like, uh, I can't get feet into my mouth with this fishbowl on my head. <laughs> That's why I'm so pissed off. Al- Alfred, he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, forget the soup. Just get me some nail polish. <laughs> Batman ties a batarang around a vajanka and just like, wait, swings it around and throws it away. And he goes after it like a fish. <laughs> Someone's breaking into all the Gotham nail salons. All right. All right. Anyway, if someone didn't know or understand Batman, first, I would cut them out of my life. But <laughs> but second, I would just show them this episode. Just in a yeah. nutshell, you know, it even just the intro just touches on everything that makes the character who he is. Detective work, gadgets, supervillains, Bruce Wayne being a cover for Batman. It's clever. Uh, there's some light humor, Alfred being a father figure. It, it really just encapsulates Batman as a whole. And like John, I could watch the show anytime and I'm always impressed by it and I return to it often. Yeah, okay, so let's rank it on our scale of uh, cereal bowls. John, how many cereal bowls are you giving Batman the animated series? Well, I always said early on in those episodes that um, my mark, my high watermark for a 10 is Batman the Animated Series. Right. You know, that's what I judge all the other cartoons against. Right. So, uh, yeah, I give this a 6. <laughs> oh, you, you stole my joke. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a straight 10 for me. Yeah. Pete? It's no droids, but... (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about going back into that episode and recutting it to make the number higher that you say. If you'd like like, me to re-record for that, I'll do it for you. (laughs) No, but it would be like my voice, so it'd be be you talking, you'd be like, I think I'd give droids a 45. (laughs) Oh, that would be funnier. Well, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I love this show, and uh, that's always how I see Batman when I, I think about him. It's this show. It's a perfect score all around because I am also giving uh, this show for its consistency across all parts. Writing, animation, sound design. It's 10. Solid 10, which means perfect. All right, well, that just about does it for us. I'd like to thank our hosts for joining me on this episode and also the members of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, without whom this podcast doesn't happen. If you'd like to become a member of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, please, please, please visit hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can nominate a Saturday morning morning cartoon for us to discuss by leaving us a five-star review on apple Podcasts or stitcher with your nomination and you can fast track that nomination by becoming yes a member of the hot-blooded challenger club for as little as a dollar a month with all that said we'll be right back after the next episode drops yo vip let's kick it And listen, I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance, caress a speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly, when I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gain weight. You better hit bulls out of kid, don't play. If 
there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it I'm on a roll, it's time to go solo Rolling, in my 5.0 Put my rag top down so my hair can blow The girl is on standby, waiting just to say hi Did you stop? No, I just drove by, kept on Pursuing to the next stop I bust a left and I'm heading to the next block The block was dead, yo So I continue to A1A Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis Rock men lovers, driving Lamborghinis Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine Ready for the chumps on the wall The chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball Gunshots ranged out like a bell I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells Falling on the concrete real fast Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed I'm trying to get away before the jack is jacked Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, could run it all the dope beans If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it Check out the hook while DJ revolves it. Yeah. 